I always tell people if you date a dancer, you can never go back. You will be f***ed up the rest of your life because we will mess with you. You will never, ever get the same. I'm sorry. I, I, it's a thing. You said up on top. Ooh. Right. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another episode of I'm Literally Screaming. Oh my gosh. Ah, everyone in the stands are taking off their clothes. They're standing, they're cheering. Wait, what are you clapping with right now? Sorry, everyone. Uh, anyways, as you all know, I am Spencer, otherwise known as Spencewa. And today I am joined by a very special guest, Divinity Ray. How has your week been? So it's a Monday. I just like, mm -hmm. it's always like my gut instinct to be like, How's your week or like your week been? But we were together the weekend. We just met. Yeah, we did. And I feel like I've known you for so long. And <laughs> we, we met when Leo was here. Mm -hmm. Do you want to unpack that bar fight we witnessed? Oh, my God. So I have been wanting to meet Leo for the longest time because mm -hmm. him and I are like the same person, except he's a guy and I'm a girl. Uh -huh. And so I pick him up and we park in WeHo and we're walking down the street and we're going to beaches. And suddenly there's just like this fight that breaks out in front of us. And Leo gets really tense and he's super protective. Mm -hmm. So he like immediately put his arm in front of me and was like, don't move. And I was like... Little do you know, I also fight, bitch. Like, as you said, you said, wait. I'm about to, like. You said, yeah. hold on. Like, Leo, you can, you can sit like, back. Hold on. Why don't you step yeah, back, you Leo? Yeah, you said, Leo, back the hell up. <laughs> do you want to know how that all unfolded? I have no idea. I just saw the aftermath when the guy was getting punched in front of beaches. I just remember the bartender jumping over. And then all of a sudden, I see, like, this big big ass security guard like he is so tall walks mm. over this guy gets pushed to the ground but at the same time I got pushed into the bar so I was like I'm not doing this and I ended up being pretty and sitting in a corner because I'm no not that night um mm -hmm. then the next thing I know is like this guy he like I don't know what like I don't know how drunk he was but like every time he went down by the grace of God, he came back up. And I don't know, like, why he kept getting back up. Mm -hmm. I would have actually been like, okay, I'm leaving. But he ended up going down. I remember he dropped his phone. And I actually picked up his phone. Yeah. And I handed it to the bartender. And I was like, what do I do with this? And he was like, I don't care. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't know what to This isn't my phone. So the bartender took the guy's phone, handed it to him. They're dragging his ass out. And I think yeah. that's when I saw you. So then he ends was up. Was I taking my hoops out at this point? Uh, <laughs> like, I just, I just remember turning and I was like, who's that tall guy? And I was like, Leo. Right. Um, so then I see Leo and you were walking in. And then I just remember he like left. He was gone for maybe 10 minutes. He came back to the bar. So our mutual friends, her and her partner, that's when my friend's partner stepped out because they saw the guy like, mm -hmm hit this like drag this girl by her hair to the ground so my friend's partner runs out there and then he ended up pushing them to the ground mm -hmm. so then my other friend emmy um emmy ran up on him with her phone and i'm not joking like all i saw i was like still inside the club all i see is bah, 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 bah. like she was smacking him in the head with her phone so we all laughed right and then as we're leaving i look at this guy's head and i was like damn like why is his head bleeding? Emmy didn't know that she made him bleed, but she definitely did. Like, don't 
touch like what like this guy yeah. was on something no I felt so bad because I mean obviously like Leo and I follow each other and then I finally met you and he was like you're going to love Spencer and I was like who's Spencer like we weren't even following each other on social no we it's weren't. fine we weren't following each other at all Mm-mm. and I like instantly was obsessed with you I I, was like, I literally what I, I think the first thing I said to you was like show me your tattoos now <laughs> and I actually was like I hope you don't mind I literally yeah. I looked at you I said I hope you don't mind but I'm this is going to be a while. And I walked yeah. around you and I was just like holding yeah. your arm. And it was the mermaid, the yes. siren, right? Yes. And I was like, I love that. Yeah. See, well, I Well, because it's this. not very often that people actually take interest in my tattoos. They kind of sexualize me a little bit. They're like, ooh, tatted girl. And I'm like, oh, here we go. But like, I here feel we go. like. It, you genuinely took an interest in my tattoos. Because I, I, I also like that. have tattoos and like, I want to get a new one. I want to get. Yeah. Um, the giving tree, like right here. We talked about this. Yes, because my mom used to yes. read to me growing up all the time, and I wanted to get the giving tree here, but I had to wait because at the time it's still healing when yep. I fell at the Super Bowl because I thought I was going to miss Rihanna's halftime show. <laughs> that was so much. I fell again. Like, Did literally, you? yeah, like I've been stumbling and falling like a lot recently, and I think like it's oh God's gosh. way of being like, S- go home. Like, it's been like wild. <laughs> Girl, I just stand up and I just own it. I just do the hair flip. I'm like, see, like I was just like, gotta own it. I fall everywhere though because I'm a dancer and we're always super. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? We're like miscord. Yeah, miscoordinated. Mm-hmm. Outside of the studio, I run into everything. I trip over everything. I fall on everything. You dance? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I'm a professional dancer. No way. Yeah. Okay, like okay. So what are your favorite <laughs> dancing styles? Oh my gosh, I do heels and burlesque. Really? Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, I'm trained in ballet though. I went professional in ballet when I was 18. Really? Yeah, I was in ballet for 22 years, and then my body got curvy because I went into womanhood. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay, no longer fit in the the tutus, so started doing heels and burlesque. Did. When your like body started changing, was it like harder mm-hmm. to get? Because I know with dancing, because mm-hmm. I grew up with a whole bunch of friends who were dancers. I did dance for like mm-hmm. two years, but I remember like my friends were like so hyper fixated on like the dancer body. Did did you oh, notice yeah. that like when your body was changing that like you weren't getting certain like parts? Oh, I spiraled. Really? I spiraled like totally. It's actually part of my story. Like that's actually a big reason why I got on social media, mm-hmm. to be honest. What um, a, what about like joining social How do those correspond? How do those two come? Yeah. Um I so I trained in Russian ballet my entire life. Have you seen Black Swan? Yes. <laughs> that's my life. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. A lot of people don't know this about me because now I'm so beauty and fashion and like mental health. But mm-hmm. um, I was literally Natalie Portman from Black Swan, like down to the gay stuff. It's like so funny because I swear to God, ballet made me gay. <laughs> my, I'm not joking. A lot of my friends who did dance were, yeah, know who you are. I feel yeah. I, I just like, even like when I was growing up and I was doing theater, it's like you're just like immersed mm-hmm. in like, I'm like gay culture because it's like. Yeah. Well, it's very fluid. It's not yes. even gay. It's just fluid. You're about energy. You're about beautiful bodies. Being Humans like are beautiful, n- like yeah, 
energies all like mm -hmm. co-mingling being together making sure you're all on like the same page right going off of one another and there's such an intimacy that comes with dancing especially if you're dancing with a partner yeah your bodies are intertwined it's not sexual but it feels so spiritual almost because your bodies are intertwined and you feel this energy exchange with the person you're dancing with so it kind of opens your eyes to being attracted to different types of people got it i swear to god my sexuality started then but um yeah, I mean, I just was obsessed with ballet. It's not, I, I didn't want to do anything else. Nothing ever appealed to me the way that ballet did, and I thought I was going to be a prima. And then I went through puberty late, and I got um, boobs at a very late age. And, like, it was, like, overnight I looked down and suddenly I had tits. <laughs> I You're like, like, okay, what's going on? Yeah, I was like, oh, I can't see my shoes. Cool. And then um, – that's what, that's what I – when I was in high school, I had the same problem. Of course you but did. But that was because, like, <laughs> I was I was bigger. <laughs> like, yeah. I woke up one day and I was like, well, actually, I'm not joking. I didn't mm -hmm. know soy could give you boobs. That's a thing. Um, do yeah. you want to know how I found out about that? How? Uh, because soy gave me boobs. I <laughs> try to be, like, vegan. Like, when I was, like, trying to start losing weight, I became vegan. And I would always eat, like, these, like, mm -hmm. soy-based foods. Yeah. Um, and then I went to the doctor because I was like why are my like why does it look like I have boobs and he was like Spencer like what have you been eating and I was like I don't know like I've been trying to be vegan right and he was like so what are the ingredients and I was like I don't know like a lot of like nuts soy oh and he was gosh. like no more soy because soy actually did give me boobs okay sorry Shit. for cutting you off no I love this we're bonding <laughs> over tits no it, <laughs> that's right like that's so like that's so that's powerful. Yes, it is. Divine feminine. I <laughs> yeah. love that. Come on, Lana. Mm -hmm. So you go through puberty. Your body's developing. What yeah. then happens? Well, so there's three different types of ballet. Nobody knows this, but there's Vaganova, which is Russian. Okay. There's Balanchine, which is American, and there's Chiquetti, which is Italian. Okay. So Chiquetti and Vaganova are way more strict, especially Vaganova. Um, Balanchine is way more accepting of your body, okay. you know, because it's very flowy and like it's all about movement. Whereas yeah. Vaganova Ballet is so hardcore and they want the ballerina to look a certain way. It's like you need to dance a certain way, but at the same time, yeah, it's like look a certain way. It's almost way. militant. Um, okay. And so I think that's where a lot of my discipline and my passion came from, just this burning desire to accomplish this thing that a lot of people can't. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, Vaganova Ballet comes from a background of people literally having babies in Russia and putting them directly in ballet when they're infants and having them like twist their hips in a certain way to make sure they have good turnout when they develop. And like they some sometimes they even break their feet a little bit like to make their feet really good it's a whole thing like Russia's really intense with ballet so that's the style I was trained in mm -hmm. and so I was up against this unachievable standard with my body and then my puberty um, was derailed because I was underweight I had an eating disorder since I was 11 and so I think when I went professional and was told by all of these dream companies that I had always wanted to dance for you have the perfect technique, you have the perfect feet, you have the perfect legs, you have the perfect extensions, but you have to alter your body to fit into the costumes, not the other way around, because I'm wearing these costumes that have been around since, you know, I mean, 20, 30 years. They've never been altered. Mm -hmm. um, and so they took one look at my chest and my hips and they were like, you no longer fit. And I went, I went off the deep end. I didn't know 
I didn't know how to did digest you, like, that. Your, <laughs> did you blame yourself? Of first? course. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, it went really dark. You know, it went into self-mutilation. It went into starvation, like on another level where I had um, actually a friend when I was 17 call me out on having anorexia. And she actually physically slapped me across the face and was like, you have a problem and I need to take you in. And she was driving me to the clinic and like that was that was kind of where it started just this like dark spiral of you know taking things out on my body and not being good enough and always having potential and so um that's kind of how we started on social media just like opening up about that journey and a lot of people had seen me as a dancer for so many years that social media was a way for me to promote my dance shows Mm -hmm. and then people were like oh god what is she doing now you know so that's kind of where it started initially I'm glad you had a friend that was like that though because I (laughs) I had a best friend in high school you know those people that you no longer talk to but it's like you love them yeah that's how I feel about her and that's actually how I feel about mine too because we don't talk anymore I don't talk to my but I mean she saved me in a lot of ways like I'm very grateful I'm my um I when I was in high school I feel like when I grew up like bigger like I was never when I was like in high school, like before my junior year, I was never like slim. I was never mm-hmm. skinny. And it was always really hard for me because my cousins, all my cousins actually were like so thin, like yeah. and not even just thin, like they were fit. Like my aunts were like, even when I was growing up, my mom was. And I just felt like very out of place. And I remember it was at one point I was like, what can I do? And I just mm-hmm. started like counting calories and then I started noticing that I was losing weight and then I hit a plateau and then I was like, oh, yeah. let me just eat less calories. Mm-hmm. And that's all I was doing. I was going to the gym. I was eating less calories. And I remember one day, I remember I used to, me and my friends, because I went to, um, it was like a magnet high school. Yeah. We had our own black box theater and my friends, we would all like eat lunch together. And at one point I stopped like bringing in lunch. And, like, Mm -hmm. I would lie to my friends and say I was going to the cafeteria to eat and I would come back with, like, a bag of plantain chips. Mm -hmm. And that's all I would eat, like, all day, a bag of plantain chips. And and one day, my friend, who was, like, the one who kind of, like, was, like, get your shit together, Mm -hmm. she was, like, I'm going to come with you to the cafeteria. And I was, like, why? I was, like, I'm just going to go eat and then come back. And she was, like, no, like, I just want to come to the cafeteria with you. Like, I'm going to get lunch, too. And that was, like, one of the first days, like, I bought lunch. Mm -hmm. And, I like, she saw that I didn't eat it. She just saw that I went to the vending machine, got plantain chips. Mm -hmm. And she was like, bitch, what's going on? Right. Like, what are you doing? Um, Thank God for those friends, though, that actually see you mm -hmm. in those moments. Because people like us, we, like, suffer in silence in a lot of ways, especially since you're humorous. Uh Uh-huh. You can probably mask it really well. I'm sure a lot of people didn't pick up on it. Not at all. And that was a thing. And it was, it's so, what's so odd is, like, it was so easy for me to brush it off as like, oh, I just go to the gym. Right. And also at in that same breath, I feel like what people don't understand, especially growing up on the heavier side, at, at least even now I know this, like people treat you differently right. when you lose weight. And when I was losing that weight, mm-hmm. there was people would be like, oh, you look so good. Like you look so much better. Like this sound the third. And it was like, those were the things that like kept, pushing me to want to lose weight and I'm not Mm. saying it's their fault but it's like you get treated differently and it's almost like you're no longer just trying to achieve this body that you have in your head it's like you want 
people to notice like how thin you are and like that was my issue it was like after a while I was like oh okay like I enjoy going to the gym but like I want people to notice like this change even though it was unhealthy which was like really bad for me but then I had a I started going to therapy and well I was I've been going to therapy my entire life but I started actively going again going into my senior year of high school and then when I was going to therapy at one point I remember it was also my therapist who helped me a lot Mm -hmm. because I Remember, I like when I would come in, it was like bi weekly at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one point, like two weeks went by and I lost like weight. Right. And my therapist was like, Spencer, you look different. Are you losing weight? And I was like, Yeah. And she was like, So what have you been doing? Mm-hmm. And I was like, You know, going to the gym and like counting my calories. And she was like, How many calories do you eat a day? And I think I was eating like 1,200 a day, which is like not good. Cause like I started off at like 2,000. Then I dropped to 1,500, and then I would, like, my calorie counter would say 1,500, but I didn't want to go over 1,000. Mm-hmm. It was bad. And then my therapist was like, no, like, we need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, like, I'm glad that I had, like, my therapist. And did you ever go to therapy for your eating disorder, or was it more so, like, you had your friends kind of, like, bring no, you? No, I mean, I'm really proud of you for actually going to therapy, because you're young, too. You're 21. Yeah, and, but, like, uh, thing- How old were you when you were going through all of this? Was this high school? Yeah, I was in high school. But my initial reason for going to the therapist wasn't for my eating disorder. Okay. I didn't, like, I knew I had one, but I (laughs) wouldn't admit. It was because I had, like, really bad OCD. Mm. Um, And I was, like, constantly, it was actually my guidance counselor who recommended I go to a therapist because Mm -hmm. I, one, I had, like, a problem with checking things. Like, I constantly had to, like, check my book bag to make sure I had everything or, like, check the door before I left like it was like I have to make sure it's locked and it got to a point where I was checking my front and back door eight times before going to school and I remember one day I got on the bus and I was I was running late so I wasn't able to check the doors and I convinced myself that someone was going to go into my home and skin my cats alive like this is like this is a lot but like wow that's ocd like i actually was convinced that someone was yeah. gonna break in i was gonna come home and my cats would be hanging from the ceiling skinned alive and i bawled all the way to school i ended up going to my guidance counselor's office and she had to turn off the lights and play meditation music she called my mom my mom had to calm me down and then i started going to therapy for my ocd wow. and then that's when like the eating disorder like that's when she was like okay like you're here for your OCD but like clearly there are other things happening that you're well you know the OCD and eating disorders have something in common it's It's like obsessive yep control Mm -hmm. just being in control and I mean it's almost like to your OCD probably triggered your eating disorder as well because OCD is very specific like every little thing has to be just so and so when you take that out on your body it's like you're looking at your body and you're looking at all of these crevices and details of it that you don't like and you can go mad and that's (laughs) that's literally what my therapist told me she was yeah because I was again when I started I like wasn't addressing my eating disorder it was like why don't we talk about why you check your front and back door a thousand times Mm. like type of thing and then when she noticed that like I was rapidly losing weight still she was like you she actually did tell me she was like you do know that like right ocd even people with adhd have like um hyperfixations but like with ocd mm-hmm. your hyperfixation is also yeah. like accompanied by like those like if i don't do it mm-hmm. something's going to happen right. and like 
I never kind of like put that together and I didn't know like my OCD could like jumpstart an ED. But when I first started, I didn't have one. It was like when I started counting the calories, Mm -hmm. that's when I was like, oh, we have to stay under this number. Right. So like that makes a lot of sense that you like bring that up. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, it's been kind of a common theme in my journey is just constantly having the um, the face on that everything is okay because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, I'm a performer. And I think that um, this is why I resonate so much with Lana Del Rey, mm-hmm. right? This like soulful, witchy, misunderstood woman. I just feel like during my lowest points, no one had any idea what was happening because um, as my coach always said, the show must go on. So in my skinniest state, I was so obsessed with making it as a ballet dancer. I didn't even... It's it's almost like I didn't put together the wires that while I'm going professional in this career that I've been working towards my entire life, I'm also breaking bones left and right because I'm malnutritioned. Um, I snapped my wrist twice back to back. Literally, I had the cast taken off of my arm. And when I went back to dance, literally that week, I snapped it again because that's how brittle my bones were. Like I was malnutritioned. And it sounds very privileged for me to talk about my eating disorder at this stage in my life. That's mm-hmm. why I don't really open up about it a whole lot because mm-hmm. um, I do you know, nonprofit work and I work with people that battle poverty and battle you know, being in lower income neighborhoods and not being able, um, to, able to access you know, nutrition and good food. And I just, I think like about the this. the way we yeah it to ourselves but there are people who oh it's horrible can't even I hate control it, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i i feel very I, I feel very um ashamed of this part of my mental health like it's it's something that i haven't found power in i don't know if i ever will um because i i have actually found a lot of power in my depression and with the eating disorder it's like wow like i i just wish that i didn't find this battle with food so often Mm -hmm. because a lot of it is also culture you know raising uh, being raised in ballet being raised in um, an atmosphere with a mother who's also a model and like my mom was beautiful growing up I compared myself to her a lot and then uh, you know being with a modeling agency at a young age that's always telling me that I should lose weight as well because back in the day the culture of modeling agencies was you got weight as soon as you walked in I re- I, so. I had a friend who um she did modeling yeah when I was in high school <clears throat> and I remember she told me that she used to play soccer right and then they said stop playing soccer and when she like she was like why and yeah. our mom had to explain to her like if you play soccer you're gonna build muscle and then the more muscle you have, like the curvier, curvier you'll be. And like, that's yeah. not what they're looking for right now. Mm. And like, that's so bizarre to me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I tried college, didn't work. I'm mm-hmm. very much so an artist. Yeah. I dropped out after three years. And while I was in college, I was toying around with my degrees because I actually saw myself becoming a lawyer. Really? <laughs> I was pre-law. I saw yeah. myself becoming a teacher or yeah. like a journalist. I'm so good at confrontation. I'm so good at argumentative situations. I don't back down. I'm very... Um, Persistent. Pro-conver- yeah. I, I, I just... I'm pro-conversation. Yeah. And I'm very calm... When it comes to differences, I want to understand. I want to dive in. I want us to discuss. Like, I don't really like the reactive nature of society. I like conversation because people are different. People Mm -hmm. come from different places. So that's where I saw myself going. Like, maybe I should be a lawyer. But, um, you know, when you're in college, like, you don't really have to 
get a bachelor's in anything that's pertaining to law. Like you yeah. can just get like a dance major. Mm-hmm. So I started um, I started with like a dance and studio art major. And so in studio art, we were, you know, we were learning about different forms of art and what that looks like. And some of it's Is painting. Is that what and got you into fashion. like fashion? Yeah. Aha. Okay. That's how I got into fashion because with my studio art degree, I was finding myself painting a lot of um, sketches about like clothing. Like it okay. was so interesting. Like I was sketching clothing. So um, that's kind of how I got into like fashion and beauty. It was just like coming into that power of like, you know, divine feminine beauty and um, unique and just accepting every body type and every gender. And that's kind of how I got into the world that I'm in. Like now. the, well, okay. Do you like know how to make clothing at all? Mm-hmm. You do? Yeah. That is, I've always but wanted not to not good, learn. but not good though. Like I, like I know how to sew, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. I'm kind of a free spirit when it comes to like art and design. Like I didn't take a class. I just figured it out. <laughs> so who do you, if you just figured it out, were there people you like looked up to who yeah. do, who are those people? Um, Alexander McQueen was my biggest inspiration. And I think that I had a moment in college where I was like, I really don't want to be here. It just feels like this is something I'm good at, but I'm not passionate about and I'm mm-hmm. a passionate bitch. So I dropped out and I was between going to fashion school or going to beauty school or becoming a tattoo artist those were the three those were your three yeah so I had ended up going to beauty school because people always need their hair done and it also allows that human connection I get to hang out with people all day that's amazing so yeah I'm a hairstylist because of that I don't for me I like I've always enjoyed fashion but I've mm-hmm. never I've never I don't know if I've ever looked up to anyone mm-hmm. I feel like I do enjoy like different style aesthetics mm-hmm. but I don't know when when it comes to fashion with me I feel like even growing up like I never w- was like were you always into fashion or was like that something you found out along the way yeah. in university um I was because my so my mom was a model and she lived in LA for a long time she was making it out here as mm-hmm. a singer and then she found my dad and she moved away to be with my dad Um, And that's a big reason why I came back to L.A. is to kind of like break this generational curse with my mom because I didn't want to derail my dreams for love or someone else. Yeah. Um, So I think that's Leo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of my passion for fashion that comes from my mom Mm -hmm. because um, growing up, my mom was very different. She would pick me up at school and she'd be wearing an all leather outfit with a chain belt and red lipstick. And she was like. A vibe. That's a sleigh. Like, no, she's a sleigh. Eats. That eats. Like if I if I yeah. saw your if we went to school together and I saw your mom picking Ugh. you up, I'd be like, Mom, I want to go home with her. Yeah, like, I she out. was a vibe. I also was kind of jealous of her though at the same time because I wanted to be beautiful like that, and I was kind of an ugly duckling a little bit because you know, I just didn't know how to style my hair at that age. I didn't know how to do makeup. I didn't know how to dress. I was always a tomboy too, so mm-hmm. I was always kind of like with gender in my clothing choices like Mm -hmm. I was wearing a lot of guy clothes half of the time because I was also a daddy's girl so uh, and my dad's a biker so I was like back and forth like Harley yes yes so I was like back and forth between hanging out with my mom and my dad where my dad was very rough around the edges and wore you know ripped jeans and t-shirts and my mom was like this beauty queen so I think that's where my fashion sense came from just a lot of fluidity um, kind of like defying the the norms mm-hmm. of like what uh, fashion looks like, wearing things together that shouldn't go together, but you kind of make it work. See, I, I like, well, growing up, oh my God, excuse me. 
another burp. <laughs> like growing, <laughs> growing up, like from grades one through six, I went to Catholic school, uniform. Oh my God, same. So then after- I can't Ca- believe we both went to Catholic Wait, school. Wait, uh, what? And when, did you graduate from Catholic school? No, I pretty much got kicked out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, can I ask why? <laughs> Um, honestly, it's not that cool. Like, my parents just, like, couldn't afford it anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Catholic school is expensive for no I was no always reason. being sent to the principal's office for shit, though, I will say. I think I only got sent to the principal's office. Actually, that's a lie. I got sent to the principal's office, I think, twice. But the one time, it's because I did flood the entire bathroom. Oh, okay. I was in, like, the second grade, mm-hmm. and I had to use the restroom during lunch, and... I don't know if like every other school is like this because when I went to public school, mm-hmm. like in middle school, like if I asked to go to the bathroom halfway through the period, like my teacher would be like, okay, yeah, like go. Yeah. But like in Catholic school, it was like, why didn't you go at recess? Why didn't you go at right. lunch? Um, and I remember I was in the bathroom and I don't know what in my like child brain was like, oh, look at that urinal. Let's flush it like 20 times. So I'm like <laughs> flushing this bitch and I'm like, hell yeah. And I'm washing my hands and I turn to the right and I'm like, oh my God, like it is overflowing. What do I do? So I was like, let me just shove a whole bunch of paper towels in that bitch. Mm. So I shove, shove a whole bunch of paper towels in there. And I was like, okay, that looks like it fixed it. Mm-hmm. And I go back to class. Like, the bell rings. I hear all my classmates going back to class. I'm, like, slowly following behind them. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I remember my principal and the custodian. Mr. Tony, I'm so sorry, but I also love you. Mr. Tony was a custodian. Yeah. When I used to walk home, well, not walk home from school, but, like, he literally lived next door to my school. And I remember I always used to, like, say hi to him, especially after school, because the fence separating the playground from like the school playground mm-hmm. and the outside was literally his house yeah so i'd always like climb on the top of the um like the slide and say hi mr tony i love you mr tony anyways <laughs> i remember mr tony standing out there and my principal is there and they called me out and they were like spencer do you have anything you want to say to us and i was like no i was like i didn't do anything wrong um and they were like we're gonna ask again did you were you in the boys' room earlier? Did you do anything? I was like, no. Yeah. And they're like, Spencer, your shoes are wet. My feet tracked the water from the urinal into my classroom, and that's how they knew it was me oh because they just literally followed the Stop. footprints. And I did get in a lot of trouble, but it was like, I was in the second grade. I wanted to see how it worked, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Oh, but fashion sense. Sorry, that was a derail. <laughs> ADHD and it's fine. Like literally. Um, <laughs> so when I ended up going to public school, mm-hmm. I like I wore like graphic tees from Walmart and like my mom's yeah. shoes and like basketball shorts because I didn't know what to wear. And then I get get into high school, mm-hmm. and when I went to high school, I went to a magnet school. I was also required to wear a uniform. Right. So it was like I never really knew any like sense of style actually until I started social media Mm. and I feel like when the pandemic happened that's when I really got into like um like feminine style choices and I was like okay like I want to wear a lot of skirts I want to like wear a lot of crop tops and then it wasn't until I moved here well not even then it wasn't until like maybe like a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. where I was like I want to include both. Like, I want to feel masculine and feminine. Because even, like, I also came out on TikTok as gender fluid. So it's like, I want to incorporate both. And it wasn't until I was here and I met a lot of the friends that I have now who are very good when it comes to fashion sense. And I was like, oh, like, 
this works. Like, I, I feel like for a while when it came to fashion, I was very, like, black and white. Mm. Whereas, like, I could either look masculine or I could look feminine. And it was so hard for me to try to mesh the two together. Right. But now that I can, I feel like a baddie. Yeah. No, there's so many different layers to fashion. And um, I think for me, because I'm such an intentional bitch, I look right. at, you know, my <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the soul. Mm-hmm. I just look at, like, the background of my eating disorder, for example, and I look at fashion and I'm like damn that is where the safety came from just the the part of my brain that was like you know what if I hate my body this much maybe I can decorate it a certain way that I don't hate it as much anymore that's why I started getting covered in tattoos also I started getting tattoos because I hated my body so then it was this thing about decoration you know like I want to really love what I have I want to embrace what I have um I was so tired of you know, mutilating and just being so hard on my body. I didn't want to do that anymore. That's and so, so beautiful. I love that. Yeah, that's, that is that's actually where it came from. so beautiful. Because that's I, why I'm tattooed. It's not because I want to look hard. I'm soft. No, but <laughs> it's like I love your tattoos too yeah. as well. And I, I never, I feel like a lot of the times when, at least from my understanding, a lot of the people that I meet who like have tattoos, mm-hmm. they are the nicest people in the world. Yeah. And I hate this whole like stereotype, especially around like people who have like full sleeves or whole body tattoos that it's like, oh, it's yeah. not appropriate or like, oh, you can't find a job with those tattoos. Right. What about having tattoos on your body doesn't make you adequate to do a certain task? Mm-hmm. That's like actually insane to me. Well, and this is where the confusion comes from, because I wear an outfit and people think I'm a narcissist. They think I'm just trying to, you know, get attention. And I'm like... I see fashion as art. I actually just wear what I wear because I like putting things together and seeing if it works. And it's like art to me. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting, you know, the collective, like, um, just how people view you versus what the intention is behind what you do. What you're doing, yeah. Because I'm like, damn, like, I genuinely just, I I see myself as art. I just want to decorate myself. And I think that's why when I started manifesting my clothing line which will hopefully drop this year because i'm looking for a manufacturer right now if you're a manufacturer (laughs) and you're watching this please message me um (laughs) but i i started this i started this brand called baddie because Mm -hmm. it's about you know the suicidal to successful it's about the people that have been through a lot of shit that have been through the fire and became the fire and um baddie is very similar aesthetically to like Juicy Couture, Fenty by Rihanna, Alexander McQueen. It's very shocking. It's very striking, but it's very bad bitch. It's like, it's it's this clothing line that's based around accepting your body for what it is, but also, you know, decorating it and making you feel like a fierce bitch. It's going to go up to 4XL. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I'm so excited about that, but it is art, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where I want it to be coming from is like the place of art. And I love that too, because I know that there are a lot of people in this world who like, get into fashion or get into certain like aspects in their lives because they mm-hmm. know that it like can bring revenue right but it's like hearing the way you speak about like fashion and like how that's like impacted your life and even like decorating your body and how that's mm-hmm. allowed you to appreciate your body like that's beautiful yeah. and it's like you're doing what you do because you love it and you also want other people to feel that same like yeah. feeling you have I guess yeah, and I was also the bullied kid growing up. I don't know if you were bullied. But, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. I was like, people don't know that about me either because I feel like I give off this vibe that I'm just like pretty girl privilege, you know. But I was not – this is not what I was when I was a kid. Like, 
I got my ass kicked on the daily. I think that's why I'm a little bit of a fighter. Like, I, it's probably why I'm good at confrontation because I'm just like, don't f with me. <laughs> like, that's why I, I literally had to go to Catholic school because yeah. I was getting, I was in kindergarten. I was yeah. going to public school. And, well, I, I had gotten punched in the eye. The first, the first incident I got like punched in the eye and I had a black eye. I went home and my mom was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And <clears throat> it was because this kid, he was like a year older than me, pushed this other boy onto the ground who was my friend. Right. And he was like, if you help him up, I'm going to punch you. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I'm helping him up. Right. And then I helped him up and <laughs> like, I got punch punched me, in bitch. the eye. Yeah. He, and I was like, okay. Yeah. But the thing that really like threw my mom over <clears throat> was... It was, I was on the blacktop and I remember like out of nowhere. Yeah. And this is, this pissed my mom off. And looking back on it, I see why. Like if I had a child and this happened to me, I'd be, ooh, I'd be livid. Mm -hmm. um, there, there was this kid, I forget his name. And I was on the blacktop with my friend, mm -hmm. got put in a chokehold and mm. I woke up, like I passed out wow. and they didn't know where I went. I was still on the blacktop. I had to walk back to my classroom. Wow. And after my mom, like after I told my mom what happened, she was like, oh, no, we're not doing this. I even remember when I like went to aftercare yeah. at public school. Whenever we would play like Simon Says, it was always say, it, I remember like there was this, there were like these two kids that like constantly were just so terrible to me. They had like a whole club and the password was Spencer super duper fat. And like I couldn't get in to the club because no one told me the password. Sorry, that's like... <laughs> That's like kind of like that's, f but I remember they used to play Simon Says and they'd be like, Simon Says kick Spencer to the ground, yeah. and everyone would kick me to the ground. And then, you know what's funny, bitch? <laughs> Guess who has their own podcast now? Oh. None of you, bitch. Drop that, drop that mic. Sorry, it is so. I'm sorry, but do you know what it is like when you are constantly bullied growing up, and now I get to sit here and look at a camera and be like, screw you, bitch. <laughs> like honest that's on to period, God. Though. That's Thank on period. Uh, that's all I have to no, say on I the No, I mean, matter. look, the biggest thing I got bullied for when I was a kid was how I dressed. And now I'm starting a clothing line, so. Eat a bag of dicks. Eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> but, like, it's so funny because back then I felt like I internalized that pain because I think there's two different types of people. There's the people that are bullied and there are the people that are bullies. Those are the two types of people in this world, bullies and the ones that are bullied. And when you are the one that is bullied, you have two choices. You can become a bully for survival or because of resentment to being bullied or you just internalize your pain. You take it out on yourself and you're like, damn, if I'm this big of, you know, a, an annoyance or a, a menace to society, like maybe I just shouldn't be here. And you go suicidal almost like I, I honestly I got to a point where I was like, damn, why do kids hate me so much? How come I'm like always and battling? I this? feel like also like I growing up was like such a like people pleaser. Yeah. I wanted people to like me. Well, and then you base your self-worth off of their opinions of you. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's like, holy shit. And I even remember like it's it's one of those things where it's like they call you annoying. They say you talk too much. So what do you do? You become the quiet kid. Right. And then everyone's like, why don't you talk? Yeah. Like, why are you so quiet? That's oh, true. Because you told me half my life that. I was annoying. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? Like, I, and it's so weird, too, because it's like you get called annoying and you, you talk yeah. too much and then you become the weird, quiet kid. Right. Because you don't talk at all. Yeah. And it's like there is like it's I feel like when it comes to like being bullied, there is really no safe ground. Mm -hmm. It's like people will find a reason to not like you for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's because they're bitter. 
Well, I have found so much power in the things that I was bullied for. So honestly, I'm thankful because it was almost the spiritual thing when I went through my spiritual awakening, which Mm. was an actual thing. It actually happens. You can go through a spiritual awakening. It's wild. I went through one when I was 27. Um, And I came to this realization that I had ran away from my inner child so much because of trauma. And I came into this power with the things I was bullied for. So I was bullied for the way that I dressed. I was like, you know what? I love fashion. I'm going to go into fashion full time. Mm -hmm. I was bullied for um, being loud because women are supposed to be more quiet and submissive to be sexy. And now I'm like, you know what? My voice is loud. I'm a lion. What do you want? Leo. I don't care. Leo energy. I don't care. Like you find power because then you realize, you know what? The kids used to make me feel like I was um, an alien and that I didn't fit in as if that's a bad thing. But now I don't want to fit in. Now I'm okay being an alien. I actually love that I'm different, you know, because to be different, you are the one that's going to change things in, you know, you're going to inspire people to be themselves. Also, someone has to be the first. Like, that's what I always think of, too. It's like. If you are going out of the house and you're like, I don't know if I should wear this. Like, no one else wears this. Someone has to do it first. Yeah, wear it. And guaranteed someone else is going to see you wearing it. And yeah, yeah, someone might hate it, but someone's going to love it. And they're going to be like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. I want to do that. For example. Cue my eyebrows. (laughs) Literally, Aaliyah's interlude. Do you know Aaliyah? Aaliyah's interlude? Yeah. Her, literally, her fashion sense. I love her. Yeah. She was also just like a treat to have on the show. But even her. Like, I see so many people dress like her now. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying she was the first one to start doing it, but I feel like at the same time, it's like online. It was the first time I had ever seen someone dress like like that fully. So it's one of those things where speaking of dressing like that, speaking of that, oh my gosh, such a good transition. I'm a genie on ES. Speaking (laughs) of trending, you want to play a game? Are we doing this? Yeah. Do you want to play a game? It's called In or Not. Oh, it's called Hot or Not. I said that. I just pulled the first one. Okay. Uh, sliding into DMs, hot or not? Hot. Yeah, I think that's hot. Yeah, get it. As hell, yeah. Get, get your get your man. Like, get your you girl. know, like, actually, do what you got to do. Sliding into the DMs is so fine. That is, confidence. and it's confidence. Confidence, that's what it is. There yep. we go. Would you like to choose one? Okay. <laughs> Drunk texting your ex. Not hot. That's a no. That is a no for me. I don't think it's hot, but I'm with it. If it happens, it happens. <laughs> okay, here's my thing. Like, okay, but th- there's a reason I'm with it, though. Okay, why are you with it? Because sometimes when you're, like, intoxicated, you say things that you wouldn't normally say when you're sober. And it's like, get it all out. Like, just tell them how you really feel. Like, if you're ho- actually mad, tell them you're mad. I don't know. <laughs> no, okay. That that I will say is, Maybe like... I'm toxic. No, not at all. Because, okay, when I get, like tipsy even like I'm very like I don't want to say confrontational but it's like so hard for me mm-hmm. to like sit there and lie to you right and like for example there was this like guy that hit me up the other day and I am not joking this man has asked me to hang out <laughs> so many times and every single time I like I'm like okay let's hang right I don't hear from him so he wants to go on a walk eventually and he hit me up literally like two nights ago mm-hmm. he shouldn't have because I was one too many shots in and he was like so are we gonna go on a walk this week 
I wish I could. I'm not going to tell you what I said, but I basically was like, um, so thus far, I was like, I was really hoping that you would prove to me that like you're yeah. actually like willing to meet. But right now, all you've proven to me is that you're wasting my time. So either we're going on a walk this week mm-hmm. or we're not at all. And you're not going to hear from me again because I'm sick of sitting here and texting you and then waiting days, if not weeks at a time to get a response. And I was like, if you you're think such a Leo, I was like, if you think that's how you're going to get my attention, <laughs> it's not like I'm not going right. to go out of my way and chase you. Yeah, like if I'm going to chase. Here's my thing. I'm fine with chasing, but at least put in a little bit of effort back. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going to chase you, respond, ho. Because even then he was like, <laughs> I was like, you don't respond. So why am I going to text you back? Like now I just feel like I'm annoying. He was like, yeah. you don't annoy me though. And I was like, well, make it clear by messaging me back, you weird ass. Yeah. You're not a weird ass. I mean, I don't know yet, but like we'll find out maybe if we actually do hang. Yeah. I mean, I don't drunk text my ex, but I have friends that are going through breakups right now and they're texting me divinity i just did this thing and i'm like you know what live your f-ing life girl if you drunk texted them whatever you got it out you said what you wanted to say even though it took some alcohol like i don't know just sometimes you just have to just shit happens it just gotta let it you just gotta <laughs> let it i feel like even at the same time in my brain it's like if you're texting someone who like did you very wrong in a relationship yeah and like you never really got to say your like final piece that part that, that i part. that i support but if yeah I know as your friend that they treated you terribly and you're texting them being like, I miss you. Oh, no. That's when I'm taking your phone and I'm putting it in a glass of water. Same. Like, back up. Yeah. The next hot or not is long distance. Mm, like, I personally could not do long distance. Like, I, I'm i just very big on, like, connection in person. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have any qualms with like people who do do long distance I think you are so strong for that but for me personally I feel like if I want to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. unless like I've already been with them for a while and it becomes long distance that I can do but Mm -hmm. if we just start talking and it like forms long distance Mm -hmm. I don't think I can do that like I like whatever relationship there is it has to start Mm -hmm. in person then it can be long distance Mm -hmm. because I want to be able to like trust and know you before I'm like okay go do your own thing what Mm -hmm. do you think I've done it um it works way better if you are already in love and you're secure and you are super committed to that person Mm -hmm. but it's still hard I'm a sexual bitch I don't want to be away from my partner for that long yeah you know I like intimacy physical touch is my love language too me too. So I think honestly it has to do with love languages like and uh, words of affirmation. Yeah, I feel like if you're a quality time physical touch person, it's not a vibe to do long distance. But it goes back to also like communication. How long are we going to be long distance? When are we going to see each other? Can I visit you? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. Prefer in person. <laughs> I do too. I do okay, too. Okay, let's see. The person who plans the first date pays for the first date. I mean, that's I've been daddy so many times in relationships. I'm used to it. I just like, for me, it's like, I don't care, but it's like, how do I put this? (laughs) (laughs) I will split the bill. That is fine. Like, I don't care if I have to split the bill, but it would be nice if he paid. Mm. That's how I see, like, I mean, like here, I I know that in in a lot of like ways, like, like I don't know how to properly say this but like are you a bottom 
absolutely that's giving bottom energy thank you like when it comes to like (laughs) when it comes to like (laughs) dynamics especially like you know how a lot of the times like in heterosexual relationships even though a lot of the times I do even hear now like guys being like oh like we shouldn't have to pay for the first date we could like split it on the middle a lot of the times people like especially Mm -hmm. like girls are like um hey I want you to pay for the first date Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I don't really bottoms girlies like we get it like I you're gonna like not you're gonna pay like I don't care if I split the bill yeah but like if you're going if you invited me out to dinner and you're not paying like top right like I'm not the top like I have date okay so like I have dated men that will literally freak out because I want to take them out and I want to pay for the date because I treat my partners the same I don't care if you're a guy or a girl or trans or whatever like I will literally take you out and treat you but I also love doing things Dutch like I I love both Mm -hmm. but I think the gender role thing is kind of weird to me personally, only because like love is love. Like I want to, I want to love on you. You're my partner. Let mm-hmm. me love on you. But I get it. See, like, that's, I actually was just talking about talking to my friend about this the other day. And I don't know if this is like controversial to say, Yeah. but it's like, at least for me, I'm not saying like, I just, mm, when it comes to like relationships and yeah. gender roles, I'm not saying like in my brain, like, Oh, like and like a heteronormative relationship i'm not saying oh the woman should stay at home and the mother should be the caregiver like what i'm saying is it's like i want to be pampered like yeah. i want to be yes. treated that's okay well. and like that's and what you want exactly and it's like i i just i understand where people come from where they're like let's break the gender norms i get it yeah. like i'm all for it like look at me but at the same time in relationships you. like i and when it comes to relationships, at least for me, I like the feeling of like, I'm being pampered. Like, I feel girly. Like, oh my God, you want to take me to get my nails done? OMG, love you. Let's do it. You know what I mean? I don't believe in breaking gender norms as much as I do breaking the thought process that everyone should be the same and want the same things. Okay. If you want to be pampered, own that. Because one of my best friends in the entire world is married, four kids. She stays at home with her kids. Her husband works full time. It works for some people. Other people like me, I like to do the give and take thing. I like to be pampered. I like to be baby, but I also like to be daddy half of the time. You know what I mean? Work. So like, I don't know, just like learn what people want and don't shame people for wanting those things. Some people do want to be taken care of. There's nothing wrong with that. I want to be taken care of. Yes, bitch. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay. This one is catfishing. I'm absolutely the hell not out. Weird. It's gone. You're just weird. Like that's no. And you know what? I will say this too. Um... Even if you're using the same, even if the fo- person in the photos is you, if the photos you are using are from five, ten years ago, and when I see you, I'm like, who the hell is that? That's still catfishing in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I definitely fall in love with the person before I, like, fall in love with any appearance. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, when you're on, like, dating apps, right, what draws you in? Mm-hmm. It's like you look at their aesthetic. You look at their appearance. And it's like... If you're not the same person, like if mm-hmm. that was you, I mean, it is you, but it was you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's still catfishing in my eyes. Yeah. It's weird. People are weird. Flying out to meet someone for a hookup. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm getting paid to fly out, so be it. I mean, I've done it. <gasps> 
like you and Leo out here literally. I am a lesbian though. I love this. I'm not even a lesbian. I'm pan. I just I'm like I love love. I don't know. Every dancer I've ever met pretty I'm much is dancer. pan. That's what it is. Dancers dancer. are pan. I'm telling you, we are sexual. I always tell people if you date a dancer, you can never go back. You will be f***ed up the rest of your life because we will mess with you and your like you will like oh my god you will never ever get f***ed the same. I'm sorry. I I it's a thing. I believe you. We like we know. Like we just know. Because <laughs> you said you said up on top. Ooh. Yeah, and like it's just it goes back to the intimacy like we're just used to intimacy in ourselves too. Like you just you learn how to touch. I love that. The whole thing. <laughs> See, like I was a theater kid, so like I just know how to cry. <laughs> sorry. Work. Uh being friends with your ex. Okay. Right. So <laughs> I actually, I would like to say something. If I personally believe. This one's blurry. This is, this is what I have always believed. And I mean this in the nicest way possible. If you are still friends with your ex, either one of you or both of you were never in love to begin with. Or one of you was never in love. The other one still is. Because in my, in my brain... I couldn't even like guys I've like fallen for, not like fallen in love with, but like just like really liked and loved getting to know them. Mm -hmm. I don't see myself talking to them again because I know for a fact that like if I talk to them again, it's not going to be reciprocated. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like either in my brain, it's like if you go back to someone, either you love them or if they come back to you, they love you. But it's like either you both never loved each other to begin with or like one of you is still in love and I can't mm -hmm. do that. Yeah, I'm not actually friends with anybody I was hardcore in love with and vice versa because I just think that once you reach that level, it's really hard to transition that into friendship. However, I also think that there are situations like kids, marriage, like there are situations where that kind of changes a little bit. Like it's like, we we're do like if we're saying that from a place of we haven't been married with kids. Like I feel like if I had been married to somebody with kids, we would be friends. But for the sake for the sake of just the, the how children. much we've had yeah. together, like a life together. I also feel like for me, yeah. if I had kids with someone, like I would put whatever issues I had aside because mm -hmm. I want to be there for my children, and I also don't want them to not have their other parent around mm -hmm. just because there's an issue and i'm not gonna lie this is why i write currently kim kardashian the way she's been raising her kids is so phenomenal and i mm -hmm. i saw her one interview where she was saying like i like she doesn't talk negatively about kanye yeah very because respectful. she wants her kids to grow up having respect for their father and when yeah. they get to an age where they can form their own opinions yeah go very for healthy. it but it's like yeah. that's how i want to be with my kids if me and my partner have a messy divorce. I, unless they're like terrible to the kids and like I'm taking the kids as like a safety measure. If mm -hmm. it's not that, I have no qualms. Like, yeah. I think being, being friends with your ex is cordial. Yeah. No, that's definitely, I think that's definitely one of those things where it's like, it's, you don't have to, you don't have to like look at it in this black and white way. Like, oh, it's bad to be friends with your ex if you guys are in love. It is hard. It's just harder, but it's possible. I know plenty of people that are friends with their exes that they were at one point in love with, but there's a lot of murkiness that comes with that. Mm -hmm. The new partner coming in, how they feel about it. There's just so much, but um, personally, 
I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't know if I could See, do like, it. Like if you do it, that's cool. Me yeah. could. I. I know I can't. Like yeah. I get. I just. I know I can't. I know myself yeah. too well. Yeah, because those feelings are like we're not gonna. I'm never gonna see you as a friend. <laughs> like I'm just that's never. That's how. No, literally. Like if I've seen your naked body, and like right. we. If we've, you know, like that's not like sorry. Like what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean you're gonna call me bestie now? Hell no. Yeah. Like what? Like, oh, we're getting coffee. Like <laughs> what do you mean we're getting? Like come on now. Like. Okay. Wait. Did I choose or did you? I think this is your turn. Um, friends spying on your date. Weird. I, I've like made videos joking about it, but I've never done it. The most I will do is ask my friend to share their location with me and we have code words. Mm -hmm. So it's like if they send me like, for example, before they go out, like this code words aren't set in stone, but it's like mm -hmm. if I tell them, like, if you need me to call you crying to get you out of the state, say like, t send me a text. And like add a cookie emoji. Mm -hmm. I've done that before. Mm -hmm. I've fully called my friend fake crying, being like, I need you here right now. Because that's just how it has. And my friends have done the same thing for me. Mm -hmm. They've called me fake crying. I feel like that's okay. But like being there in a wig. Weird. That's like. Yeah. That's. Do your thing. I really hope your friend's comfortable with it. But I wouldn't be. Yeah, my friend wanted me to go to her date one time because she didn't know if she trusted the guy or not. And I was like, if you don't trust the person you're going on a date with, you that's probably shouldn't go. Right. <laughs> like, that's like a big sign to maybe not go. Literally. Like, <laughs> weird. Um, not deleting your ex's pictures from social media. I think that's weird. I, don't I think know. that's so weird. Okay, thank God. I'm glad you said it. First. No, I don't I support think it. it is so Take them weird. all down. Take I'm them sorry. All down. If you. First of all, bitch, if I were to go, if I was talking to someone new, right, and I'm like scrolling through their feed and I see three years ago, happy Valentine's Day to the love of my life. I'm going to say, who the hell is that bitch? Delete it right now. Like what? Like, no. Like, why do you still have that up? If you have photos in your phone that I understand, like if you have photos mm -hmm. that go back years and you're like, oh, I just never got around to deleting them. I don't care. But if it's on social media for other people to see. Are you out of your damn mind? Hell no. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. I mean, you share pictures of your relationship when it's happening because you're allowing people to be into your like intimate private life in mm -hmm. that moment. But that intimate private moment is non-existent now. So why is it still online? Because it's like it's like it still exists. Exactly. Th right. That's my that's my issue. I can't. You just took the words right out of my yeah, mouth. Yeah, no, I can't. Like, I can't. I again, like with social media especially, I feel like once it's up, it's just like, right. I mean, it's there. I mean. Put it in a folder on your computer. Nothing's ever really deleted. You know what I mean? Like everything's like my digital footprint. If I ever try to get a regular nine to five, oh, oof, I already know if I were to hand in my resume and they did a, I really can never get another like a nine to five ever. No, you cannot. Mm -mm. Oh, well, but like my whole thing is like. <laughs> If you saw photos of your ex online, it's like, yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. Like, get a grip. Yeah. Peace and love. Dating your friend's ex? Oh, Absolutely shit. the hell not. What is wrong with you if you date your friend's ex? Wait, did you do that? Okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, listen, listen, listen. Wait. 
Okay, you're 21. Okay. I'm 29. Well, I mean, like, if, like, enough time goes by. Listen, when you get older, you start to realize that all these things in your early 20s that were like, I would never do that. You're like, well... It's situational. Like, that's you at 29. Like, I was like, I would never in my f***ing life date my friend's ex, ever. But if my friend and their ex have not talked or dated or been in each other's lives for years. That like I will accept. Years, that I will. That I can accept. And it's like a different lifetime. I feel like if you have a connection to somebody, it's like, okay you know what? Life goes on. You didn't work out. You're not each other's people. I don't know. You, I, mean, I don't know. I feel like, okay. I feel like if it's like a friend. If there's and a respectful thing there, then like, why not? If like the years have gone on that I can do. If but it's like, immediately after, that's a no. That's a no. Also, if it's like my best yeah. friend, that's like, I don't know. Like if I'm still best friends with that person, I just like, I don't know if I could. When you get older too, it's so much harder to date because you get so much more involved in your career and your circle gets tighter. It gets smaller. It's harder to meet people and people end up having baggage that you don't want to pick up. And so as where I'm at at 29, I am so much more picky and connection and like, I don't know, being around good people is really important to me and mm -hmm. so I feel like if I were to meet someone that was a friend of a friend of a friend that had dated someone else but it was like years ago like I'm open to that okay do you know what I mean yeah, I do absolutely 100% I understand <laughs> I understand but right after no right after no no virtual dating never met in person no I can't absolutely do that not no nope. weird I can't like uh, like video chatting mm -mm. yeah I don't I don't I just like my whole that. thing is like Again, like the intimacy thing. Like, okay, sorry, but if we're dating, you're gonna have to bleep this, bleep this out, guys. I want to like, come on, like, I need that. Like, oh, sorry, you're gonna have to bleep all mine out too. No, like, literally, if we're dating, like, I want to have. Here's my thing: having casual sex is one thing. When you're in love with someone and you're having sex with them, oh my god, yeah, whole other level. And my whole thing is like, if we're in a relationship, I don't give it up easy. But when it does happen, like sorry like I can't I can't like not have that physical mm -hmm. interaction I can't not be able to kiss you like that for me is like I'm sorry I have to reread this never met in person if are you, you going eventually to meet, meet I was gonna say are you gonna meet is this just gonna be like, forever is this like for uh, do when is this forever <laughs> Laura you wrote this it's like Absolutely the hell not. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. No, I feel like there needs to be a cutoff. Like, okay, we're going to Skype for three months and then we're going to meet up in this country. and <laughs> Or like we're going to meet up in a public area so I know you're not going to kill me. Yeah, like figure it out. Like uh, people are so different in person too. That's a whole thing. Like I've had connections with people over the phone and over video that when I met them in person, that connection was completely different. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's also so much easier to like put up a bold face over yeah. like text. Oh, going hiking for a first date. Yeah. I'm down. That is so oh cute. My God. That's hot. That's in. Actually, I'm, I'm from Colorado. I love going hiking on a first date. I'm from New, not a lot of people know this, but New Jersey is like, well, at least where I was from was like full mm. of mountains and we had like botanical gardens. Mm -hmm. I, I actually on like one of my first dates did go hiking there once. Yeah. Finding love on Raya. Isn't Raya like that? I'm going to say yes. Isn't Raya the celebrity one? 
first of all. Okay, now let's get into this real quick. I'm sorry. Let me let me bring the mic up. <laughs> I, I don't know who the hell works at Raya, but enough is enough. Accept my damn application. Thank you. How many goddamn people do I have to have recommend me? Half of my damn contact list has recommended me, and you bitches still have me on a wait list? At this point, at this point, I know bitches who literally, oh my God, I'm, I literally, I quite literally, I'm not joking, know people who don't even, don't even, aren't even in the public eye, who are on Raya. How? How? Oh, it's because they're straight. Let me in, bitch. Thank you, sorry. Screw you, Raya. Like, I'm not joking. I've waited so long. I know so many people who are on Raya, and they're all what? Straight. Like, literally, you're all straight. Like, I'm on Raya. You're on Raya? <laughs> what the hell? What the hell? Like, come on. I'm so mad. Wait. <gasps> what the f***, bitch? <laughs> what do I have to do? Let me in. Oh, my God. What the f***? I'm, like, sweating. I'm so mad. Like, what is... What? The I just spilled my coffee going. because I can't. Um, do you want to just pull one more? Okay, we'll we're pulling <laughs> one more. We're finishing <laughs> this. I'll let you pull one more. Well, I'm pro Raya, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go over there. I would be pro Raya if these bitches <laughs> didn't. <laughs> I will say though, they waited an entire summer to accept me, and I definitely went through an ugly girl period where I was like, "Am I not cute enough?" Oh, like I've waited. Is a year. it the brows? Like, what is it's it? It's been a year for me. Date your friend's sibling. Never done it, not opposed. I've never done it, I'm not opposed either. I mean, like, here's the thing. I've always felt that, like, if I'm friends with someone and they love their sibling and I treat their sibling right and they treat me right, like, I don't really see an issue with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, like, if it happens, it happens. But it's like, if anything, again, I'm an only child, though. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what it's like to have siblings and be in a dynamic where, like, my friend dates my sibling. Dating a professional athlete. Done it. So many times. So many. <laughs> Same here. Because I'm on Raya. <laughs> oh, my God. What's Ghosting. Yours? Don't do that. Just don't. Don't do that. Don't do that. I. You know what? I'm going to take the lead on this. I hate. I hate people who ghost. Let me tell you why. Because... When you ghost people, it's a reflection of you more than it is of them. Stop with this narrative that you don't owe people shit. We get it. We don't we we know. We don't want you to owe anybody anything. But be a good person. Like just be a good person. It's not even about owing people stuff. Just be a good person. Just say I'm just not that into you and leave it at that. Just give them closure. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Now, what if it's like you've only talked to them or like gone on like one date with them? I am such a communication whore that I will literally tell somebody after a first date, I'm not into you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wish you the best. You're just not it. You're just not it for me. And that should not be offensive because you're going to be it for someone else. See, like, my thing is, is, like, if it's, like, one or two dates, if I get ghosted, I don't mind because I've also ghosted. But it's, like, if I've been – if we've been talking for months or, like, we've talked back and forth, we've hung out multiple times, and then, mm -hmm. like, you disappear, that's when I have an issue. But I also understand where you're coming from. I don't think it's ghosting if you mutually just don't hit each other up. Like, if I don't get a text from somebody that I went on a date with, I just kind of feel like we're on the same vibration already. Okay, work. But if they're messaging me and they're like, hey, do you want to go out again? Do you want to go out again? And I don't respond. I just think that's rude. 
Like, communicate. Why? Why are people like this? Just get back to people and say, no, I'm not, in, I'm not into you. Yeah, right. My God. Like, Come you know on, how guys. much healthier it would be to just do that? I can't. Let me message someone back really quick. <laughs> I'll do that later. Maybe. I don't know. Sorry. I mean, like, okay. Again, like, my whole thing is, is, like, I don't ghost someone unless I feel feel they deserve it to me ghosting is just not communicating and if somebody was a piece of shit on our date I will text them or call them and be like that was bullshit and I'm just calling you out right now and letting you know that this was not appropriate so that for the future you've just got this in the back pocket if you don't want to listen to any of this and you want to keep being toxic that's fine but somebody needs to tell you because sometimes people don't even recognize their toxic shit you're a badass for that. I'm just saying, like, I, I cannot. I, I tell people all the time, like, this is not okay. Someone, need, maybe I'm supposed to be a mom. I don't know. You, I, I like, need kids. You are mother. God damn. I'm like, just f***ing tell people because I, okay, this, this also goes back to humans are not always accurate with what they see in the mirror. Sometimes you're more accurate in your self-awareness with how people see you. It's not always like, oh, don't care what people think. People don't see you the way that, you know, you actually should be seen. Sometimes people really see your shit. And if they don't call it out, you're just gonna keep going. And like, I've had moments where I'm like, damn, I just got called out. Like that's a pattern I need to break. I need to not do that. And it took somebody saying that to me to do that. So I just, I don't know. It takes no effort either on my end. I don't think it's a lot of energy to just send a text and be like, that te- that that was bullshit. I didn't mm. like that. I'm not going to see you again. But hey, wish you the best. Sweet. Fix this. That's nice. But like. But like get hit by a bus. Also, yeah. Like <laughs> a 16 wheeler. <laughs> well, on that note, um, would, before we close, would you like to tell anyone your upcoming projects? I know we talked about Batty, but if you yeah. want to talk about that again. Yeah. So I've got a podcast actually dropping. It's kind of more based around artists and like showcasing people that are very different and unique and and just aliens, you know? So I'm gonna be showcasing celebrities and artists and dancers and people that have been on TV and and whatnot. It's very industry forward, but um, I'm also gonna be showing the single mom who's a small town girl running a small business and is trying to support her kids, but she's an artist. Like I just really want to elevate artists and mm-hmm. people that um you know what they create but you don't know what the intention is behind, behind that. it mm-hmm. yeah so it's called all eyes on me because it's based off of the part of the britney spears circus song all eyes on me in the center of the ring just like a circus yeah. uh-huh. and it's about how this is your moment this is about you you can show off you can shine bright nobody's gonna think that you're too much mm-hmm. like show off so, i love that yeah that's coming up and then batty and then check. social media handles divinity ray Oh my god, like what? He's been burping this entire episode. No, that actually that was like <laughs> that was my sinus like my sinuses. Like I actually Well, as you all know, my social media handles are Spencewa. If you don't know, now you do know. That's S P E N C E W U A H. Uh you can listen to this podcast. It drops every Thursday on all audio streaming platforms. But if you want to see it happening live and in person, head to the Past Your Bedtime YouTube channel and subscribe. Please subscribe, like, leave a comment, because if you don't do those things, I'm convinced you hate me. And I love you guys so much. So it's like, don't hate me. Show some love. Uh, Until next time, again, I love you all so, so, so much. Episode drops every Thursday. Be safe. Be healthy. I will see you all soon. Bye-bye.